answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us today as we talk about financial matters, both myself and my co-host, we are both financial planners, certified financial planner, charter financial consultant. We spend our weekdays working with you, helping be your financial advisors on the air. And um, our week our weekdays meeting with people like yourself. I don't know if I spoke said that correctly. I'm trying to I'm reading something as I'm <laughs> speaking. You? It's not the best thing for me to be the, doing. Um, anyway, we're here to answer your questions and try to help you with your financial situations. And if you'd like to join the show, it's eight three three ninety nine worth. 833-999-6784, and it's all worth financials. Money Matters, formerly Hanson McLean, Simply Money, a couple other firms. What we changed our name to is All Worth, representing all your worth, which is not only your investments and financial planning, but taxes, estate planning, um, and uh, we actually have relationships with Medicare supplement uh, brokers. So if you have those needs, we are here to help you. So all worth. And before we take calls, I want to bring everyone's attention to the this. And we, I think we've talked about these products a couple of times in the program. But there's an article in the Wall Street Journal a few weeks back. Uh, and it highlighted one particular, I'll call him a speculator, um, his investment and what happened to it. But uh, it had to do with exchange-traded notes, ETNs. These are very different than ETFs, exchange-traded funds. Exchange-traded funds, I think many of us are familiar with, they're very similar to a mutual fund. It's a way for us to own a basket of stocks that we can get in and out of easily. Um, exchange-traded notes are are, are, are are products that are developed by Bank and brokerage houses, Wall Street firms, essentially, and they um, tend to be in a very specific asset class. And um, sometimes they don't even own it; they just track indexes, which is oftentimes these the way these exchange traded notes. But people treat them like they're exchange traded funds, and they're not exchange traded funds. It's one of those things. You know, Wall Street can create all kinds of crazy products. Right. Uh, they can create all kinds of crazy products. And oftentimes I scratch my head like, how how is this going to benefit an investor? How is this going to yield someone any more income for their retirement or their, for their family or their financial goals? Uh, and I think by and large, some of these products are just met, are built because it's going to be good for. And why does this matter? Well, as you see the proliferation of trading platforms and the cost dropping. Um, or to zero. To zero, many cases. Uh, these products become more accessible and easier to trade. So uh, one of the things that's popular with the kid, we call them the kids nowadays, is a trading platform called Robinhood. Um, and Robinhood apparently takes from the rich and gives to the poor, but <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand how they uh, the, they didn't see the irony in a trading platform that called itself Robinhood. Um, and here's why we're talking about this: not because I think you're going to go out and buy an ETN, but oftentimes people look to an investment to solve their financial problem. And one particular invest, there's no silver bullet. There's no magic elixir. There's nothing that you're going to be able to do. If you're behind in your finances, it, you're going to have to save more and be more disciplined, period. If you don't have enough money saved for retirement, you're going to have to either work more longer or you're going to have to have a, a lower standard of living in retirement. That's how it works. And if you try to go down some other path thinking that, well, maybe if I can get lucky in this area. It oftentimes compounds the problem. Yes. 
because there is no magic bullet. So this is a story of this gentleman who lost $100,000 in August by doing something he shouldn't have been doing. He bought it. He actually bet against. Sold something short, a security short. An exchange traded note. And he didn't quite understand the product to begin with. Well, it was a three times the inverse of a natural gas exchange traded note. Crazy. Three times the, I don't even know what that means. But there are, so this exchange traded note was already betting short. It bet triple short. And this guy decided to bet it short even further. Crazy. (laughs) It's like, it's like. I think in the price are going to. It's like leverage, unleverage, unleverage, unleverage. And then, oh, by the way. But what had happened is because the market of these exchange traded notes is so illiquid, there's just not a very big market. The prices themselves can go haywire and don't necessarily reflect the underlying reality. And what ended up happening is the is the stock the, the price of this note went up to the point where his brokerage house said, "Hey, you got a you got a margin call here. You got a short position. You needed some cash here to cover this cover this thing." So he was forced to sell out. Took a hundred thousand dollar loss. And I read as this, he said a significant portion of his. And his parents' oh, yeah. net worth. His, mo- his parents' money. Yeah. He's well, investing his parents' money in this. This quote, this was absolutely frightening for our family. Adding that the loss wiped out a significant chunk of the investment portfolio he managed for himself and his parents. So here's this 38-year-old taking his cash and some of his parents' money he hasn't a clue what the heck he's doing. And I got to tell you, I'll be real honest. I read this and I first thought, well, this is just foolishness, what he did. And then I thought, why would you let the, why would you allow a story to be written, written about this and have your face and everything in it? Unless he's, he wasn't like this. I don't think it was a, yeah, there's a picture of him. I don't think this was, this could happen to you too. So be careful. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't actually really think of it like that. Like, well, that's what I thought. I mean, we've all done stupid things in yeah, our lives. Yeah, just I don't want to read about money. it in the Wall Street well, Journal. No, I don't want something bringing so up my dirty laundry. Someone like. calls me, hey, uh, Pat, I did a little article here. Tell me all the stupid things you've done with your money and send me a picture. And for that matter, how about all the stupid things you've done in life? All your shortcomings and failings. Oh, and I'm like, how many, uh, how many uh, volumes is this book? The bottom line on this, and the reason I, I we wanted to briefly bring this up at the start of this program, be careful. Don't and don't let a bull market confuse you for being a smart investor. Yeah, and don't buy something you don't understand. Do not buy something you and don't you sell don't short anything for yeah. crying out loud. That is Actually, just, so I had a friend that was opening a. Um, I talked to. He was building a hotel, and he said to me. He showed me his pro forma, all the, the the numbers, and he looked at it. He goes, "Look, Pat, this look at this. It looks great, doesn't it?" And I said, "Oh, there there's something that there's there's there it there's many things that can go wrong." Oh yeah. And he said to me, "What could go wrong?" I said, "I actually can't even tell you yeah, what it's like, going to be." I don't know the industry that well. What am I supposed to be? But there's actually? going to be something. And he said, "Well, this is pre-pandemic." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. So anyway, I was talking to him. I'm like, hey, do you remember the conversation we talked about all the things that could possibly go wrong in your investment in a hotel? He's like, yeah. I'm like, was pandemic on that list? (laughs) (laughs) Missed that one. Right? And the point being is, look, that's why you have a diversified portfolio. That's why you spread things away. That's why you don't actually say this scared us to death. There was a significant portion of our life savings lost in this in this bet. this week at the gym, a friend of mine, uh, chat with came up and chatting with him briefly. And he's probably mid fifties, um, uh, successful guy. He's got a business. And he said to me that, yeah, I, uh, well, this, I'm really glad the stock market's doing so well, which I always finds an interesting comment because I don't, I don't, I care much more about the economy than the stock market yeah. because the prices are going to follow the economy. I want the economy to do well. By the by, the way, the stock market is not doing anything. It Whatever. did well. But he said, "Yeah, at the, at the kind of the height of the the pandemic, the I I I moved everything into large cap growth, 
which is the area of the stock market that's done the best during that time. He says, yeah, I just don't know what to do. And I kind of look, I look at like, I'm thinking, I don't know what, what you, what, what response you want from me, but as I said is be careful that you don't, don't think that you can outsmart the, I think what I said was I've realized over the years that I'm not smart enough to outsmart the market. So be careful. Yes. So what the question is, was he lucky or did he? Depends on what he does next. So let's go to the call. It's right. 833-99-WORTH, 833-99-WORTH. We're talking with Chris. Chris, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hey, Scott and Pat. Thanks for taking my call. I've uh, been listening via podcast for the past couple of years. And the only comment I would like to make is they're not long enough. Oh, I listen to your show while I do yard work and walk the dog, and I always run about a half hour short on the podcast. So well, Don't do as much yard work. Them. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. But, um, hey, so I have a question for you, and I know you've addressed this on the show a couple of times, but I really haven't gotten what I feel like is a solid answer. But uh, I'm 50. My wife is 54. We've been really good savers, and we're, we feel we're in a position to where we can start downsizing our careers. But – the big question when you do that, when you're our age, is healthcare. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we're not going to qualify for Medicare for you know another decade plus. And so um, I've done a little research on my end, and you can obviously just go straight to healthcare insurers and purchase policies. Yeah, have you talked to some of those people? Expensive. It's very expensive. I have not yet. Healthcare is very yeah, expensive, very, well, period. <laughs> I mean, I've gone to like, because currently we're with, I, you know, I live in Northern California. We're with Kaiser Permanente. And I've just gone to their website and looked at what their rates are. But then I've also stumbled across as part of the Affordable Health Care Act, as you know, the California Health Exchange. And just kind of playing around with the website, um, uh, and you're probably aware of this, if you keep your income below certain, your yeah. taxable income below certain levels, you qualify for uh, subsidies, and that can dramatically drop yep. the cost of health care. And so... I just kind of wanted to know your I've seen on people. That, I've seen people with millions of dollars in assets qualify for subsidized health care under these under this program. And that's kind of where we're at because you know we're sitting on millions of dollars in assets, and 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 essentially, I mean, I feel like I'm too young to fully retire, but I want the flexibility of not having the eight to five gig with all the corporate pressures, and by having my own health care, you can essentially do, because when I ran down the math in terms of what we have, we have no debt. Own, so own what, our if you, let's, say you, let's say you continue with Kaiser. What would that cost you? So if I did it through them directly, because yeah. I still have one yeah. in the nest, uh, it's about 1300 bucks a month. But if I kept my income, I was playing with some figures online on the health exchange, I could keep the same. And, and these are high deductible plans, which I'm comfortable with because we're in good health. Uh, and we can afford a, you know, a, uh, the deductible in case something you know bigger came along, mm-hmm. uh, but if, if I go to the health exchange and I was playing with the numbers and I I don't think they tell you the exact numbers. There might be some information in there if you really look hard. But if I kept my taxable income below about eighty five thousand dollars a year based on my family size and dependents, it would drop that down to like two hundred dollars a month. Okay, for the same plan. But if I but if that income went up to let's say like I I mess with it to like one hundred twenty thousand per year, then it essentially you lost all the subsidies and you're basically reverted back to that twelve or thirteen hundred dollars. It. So it's month. about a twelve thousand um, dollar and, and can you get the a Kaiser plan through the exchange? Can you keep your same Yes, absolutely. Okay. Just a high deductible. So it's about a twelve thousand yeah. um, dollar subsidy based upon yeah. your taxable income being either below eighty thousand or above a hundred what a hundred. And can you live comfortably on eighty thousand yeah. dollars a year? Well that oh, could be taxable well, income. Well, you can Structure yeah. things in such a yeah. way. Oh, that's true. So my asset breakdown, uh, I, I've been very fortunate. What's your net worth? Areas, What's your net worth right now? Uh, net worth, if you want to include the house, the yeah. house is uh, about five point three. Okay, million. listen. Do not let health insurance uh, drive your career decision. Did you say five Regardless. point? Did that's you say exactly? That's exactly what my buddy said. My buddy said, "Dude, you got plenty of money. Just put two hundred thousand dollars away in the separate account for health care. Right. You and said, don't worry about it. I would agree." I mean, the kind of saver that I've been, you think about these things, right? When you're laying the bills down line by line, you go, the future. Yeah, I, okay, but yes. Wait, wait, but Scott, I missed it. Did you say your net worth was $5.3 million? Yes. Oh, yeah, what? Yeah, if you include the, our house. If yeah, you include our house. I mean, 
What's your house ba- worth? Basically, what's the house worth? Uh, about five, about five hundred thousand. Do you okay. owe any money on it? Four million or something. So good. Do you owe any money yeah. on the home? Well, so it's broken down, and 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 we've been very good about this because our income has been so high, we haven't really been able to qualify for Roth IRAs, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, Chris, let me ask you this: we've been Are really you burnt? Are you are you burnt out in your job? Yeah, pretty much. All right, listen, just move much. on. <laughs> I got to tell you, I've spent thirty. Yeah. Listen, I spent thirty years. Helping people move from the workplace into retirement. Some people I talk to love their job. It's bittersweet when they're going to retire. Maybe they're doing it because they have to or whatnot. But a large portion of people I talk to and they say, I can't stand my job. I can't do the travel anymore. I can't, like, I have how many more years do I have to work before I can can quit doing this? And and I've coached people and guided people along that. And yeah. I think really, you're 50 years old. Like, if you're not digging what you're doing, figure out a way to go find something that you're going to love doing. Yeah, and don't let the health insurance well, be yeah. the driver. Yeah, and I and I think that that's the biggest. You're thing, right? you're I you've got the lu- you've got the luxury unknown. of the financial independence. You've got that. Yeah, you've worked your butt off. You yeah. are there. So yeah. you don't need to yeah. work for financial independence. So if you could show up and do a job anywhere, if I said to you, Chris, you have to have a job, you have to have a job. I don't care what it is. What would it be? Yeah. And that's the part you got to answer, right? So yeah, I come, right. It, it's, it's kind of crazy, but you know, it, uh, life tends to repeat itself, right? So I come from a family that did exactly the same thing I did. And so basically, I think I kind of just learned by example, right? And mm-hmm. so my parents retired in their early 50s. But again, I, I don't really want to call it retirement because when you're really young like this, it's really just like you said, another stage of your life. That's right. right? And so I kind of fall in the same thing. And I'm really big into like teaching and volunteering and how can I mentor other people so that, you know, they can. Uh, enjoy some of the same things that, you know, I've enjoyed and learned over the years. And so I think it'd be a multiple things, right? Because I enjoy outdoor activities and other things. We enjoy hiking and traveling and all these other things. But at the same time, um, you know, I think the volunteerism. Okay, you know, well, then that's, and, that's uh, good enough. As long as you have some purpose, what you don't want to happen, what you'll find is if you retire at age 50, you're not going to, you're, you're not going to have a lot of your friends don't have the same flexibility uh, there's no one to play with right uh, and there's <laughs> no, no one to all, all the old people right yeah yeah, no. yeah there's no one to play with i was talking to a friend the other day and he was telling me about golf and he goes like he goes he's self-employed and he goes oh yeah i've been golfing a lot i said what's the average age and he's 55 I go, what's the average age of the people you golf with he says they're they're all in their their late 60s That's early fine. 70s which is fine right um yeah. So, but but the point being is that you have to have purpose. I think Chris, <clears throat> but don't let this. I agree health with insurance. your friend. Um, like, and you could, that's a that's a that's. We're talking about twelve thousand dollars a year. You got five point three million. You, whichever <laughs> way it swings is not going to have an impact on your on your life. And by the way, and, you, and you'll want to no, be prudent I, and try to do what you know save as much as possible here. But I, you've worked hard. You've saved hard. You don't you don't accumulate five million bucks by not by not being dis- a disciplined saver. So you've, you've worked hard to, to save these dollars, to have financial independence. You're there. So you yeah. can keep doing your career if you want to do it, your career. I, I love do I love my, what I do. And I'm fortunate I've got some flexibility. Maybe it's because my, you know, when you're co-CEO, you've got some flexibility. So I love what I, I don't, you know, I hope to be able to keep working until I'm, who knows when, right? Uh, and I'm 54. I'm about, about your age. But, um, when you're at the point where work is an option and not an obligation, it's quite freeing. And if you're not loving your job, go do something else that, and forget about it. And don't let the, the, the paycheck be the, the number one factor, which it probably was when you're younger. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's just all those things, you know, it's really, like I said, it's the unknown and it's just, unfortunately, you know, when you, when you've been doing this for the last 30 years, the way I have, and the way we've saved, it's really hard. Oh yeah. Of course. No, of course I know. it is. Yes, it is. Yes. It is. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. really tough. So I think what I need to do is come to uh, Scott and Pat therapy. You guys can coach, coach me how to unwind and go, dude, enjoy it. Right. Have a good time. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard. It's a it's yeah. a it is a it is a dichotomy because the people that are the best savers tend not to just oftentimes they don't know how to enjoy the finances so much. They're the ones that end up the yeah. most most the most amount of financial independence, but they don't 
They don't always have the same amount of confidence, and they tend to have some fear. And it comes from a it comes from a source of scarcity. It's a scarcity mentality, and it's hard to yeah, change. Well, and I think a big part of it too is you know I mean it, so I you know started I graduated college in the in the early '90s, started my career. Well, you know pensions by that time were on the way out, yeah. right? Okay. So that was you, when the, you know you had to kind of create your own create your own pension. So there's not that safety net. So you're really yourself and I. And, and I think I've been very good and, and I've had advisors. I have an advisor and I, you know, we've done some really good things, I think. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, it's, it's that kind of that unknown, That's uh, right. like you're saying, and, um, you know, trying, trying to figure out, but so, Chris, so that leads me into another question for okay, you real quick. Right, I know go I've, ahead. Been, I've, I've been talking for a while, That's all right. It's... but so, so when it comes to making withdrawals and drawing down assets, you know, there's a, the popular um, one of the popular theories is the 4% and then yeah. adjust for inflation each year. And then the other one that I'm not finding, I'm not finding as much information on is using the RMD table. And I, I just want to get your thoughts on either of those or both of those, or if you even think any of those are valid. So you've got roughly five, just under $5 million outside your home and investable assets. How much, how yep. much of, the, of that is in IRAs, 401ks, that sort of thing? Okay. Yeah, so so qualified versus unqualified, yes, right? Thank you. Yes. So it's so it's almost even split, and and so uh, essentially in in that it was about four point eight million in total assets, about two hundred thousand of that we have earmarked for our daughter who's college age right now, and about a hundred of that is in a five twenty nine, and another hundred of that is in a uh, custodial account which she could access at any okay. time, but she doesn't even know it exists. Okay. So of the remaining, it's almost a fifty fifty break between 401ks and IRAs and brokerage accounts and basically laddering CDs and money market. Well, the thing is, if you're at a time where you want to do some career change, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I would say you've got cash set aside. You've got places that don't. But Scott, one thing that I would look at is if, I wouldn't start a, a 72T off one of no. these IRAs now, but if you he might was in a couple of years, you might in a year or two, because uh, I would see if you were actually going to reenter the workforce. And if and you, you won't know until you yep. have some time off, until you have some time off. And if you, after yep. years said, I'm definitely not reentering the workforce, then I might consider a 72T or distribution on an Roth, IRA. Roth conversions. Or a Roth conversion. I'd do Roth conversions. Yeah. yeah. If you have some low income years. Yeah. Or a combination of the two. California Health Exchange, subsidized by the taxpayer. Yeah, yeah, or or possibly a combination or a combination (laughs) of the two. Chris, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Oh, you didn't pay your fair share. (laughs) Don't give us that. (laughs) (laughs) That's whatever. Whatever. I always people say fair share. I'm. I I always get stuck with what the word fair means. I don't know what word fair means. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Fair compared to who? Yeah. (laughs) Who says it's fair? Anyway, we appreciate the call. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank hey, you. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I don't know if you saw a couple of years ago when it was about the – it was uh, all of a sudden 50 Cent, the, the rap hip-hop guy, 50 Cent. Yes. Did you see this a couple, yeah. couple weeks back? He came out because he <laughs> didn't like the text. I don't want to be 20 Cent. That <laughs> <laughs> was one of the funnier things I Well, he came out because he was uh, – his economic interest overrode any most of his other interests maybe, huh? I don't know how that works. <laughs> I guess I thought you know it. I I I appreciated this this previous caller for a couple of things. Um, one, obviously, he did a great job saving, and most people, most people at age fifty are not going to. They don't. Their careers aren't going to be such that they're going to be able to accumulate five million bucks, right? Yeah, and he may have had a couple, couple Who knows? of things in there, Whatever, right? Right. You know. But you can be in a point where you can accumulate some dollars, and if. We've we've worked with a lot of people in their fifties that are counting down the years until retirement, not loving what they're doing, but figure that they this is the this is what got them to where they are now. If they put in those next few years, but sometimes it makes sense to do a career change, even at this point, and work a little longer at something you enjoy, and work a little longer at something because you can enjoy. life is not a dress rehearsal. You only got one shot at this thing, and it's not all about the money. 
It is not all about the money. Money Nor is, is it all about not working. That's right. And so money, like this FIRE movement, right? Uh, financial, financial independence, independence retire early. Which, by the way, most of the people that actually write about the FIRE movement say they're in the FIRE movement, but they're writing articles for money, which just kind of counters the FIRE movement. Um, they're no, normally bloggers or vloggers. I don't know many people who are fulfilled in life that aren't, aren't being somewhat productive and in the service of others. In some aspect. How would you? You wouldn't know who they were. They would be. They okay. They well, that's, be. Maybe there's some of those people out there. <laughs> they would be like at home. if it, They wouldn't be in. But there's some good planning that can go on. And by the way, it, like if that kind of resonates, talk with a financial advisor or talk with an Allworth advisor to say, hey, what would it look like if I. To, went from making one hundred and thirty thousand a to year, 60 to sixty grand, and I worked as a whatever. I was I worked at a, as a substitute teacher. I worked as a teacher. I whatever whatever you're thinking about doing. The passion is as your point. It's not a dress rehearsal. You have one chance through this thing. It's not all about the money. Although this is a money program, and we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more financial topics. <laughs> this is all worth financials. Money matters. Get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. If you'd like to be part of the program, 833-99-WORTH is the number. Let's talk with Faith. Faith, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hello, guys. Um, here's my deal. I sold my home April about in April of this year. I got $148,121. Um, I want, I have 100000 that's in my credit union savings. In I addition know, in addition to this 148 No, that's from the 148 Okay, got it. Okay. I want to know, where should, what should I do with that money? I want safe money. I'm 71 years old, and I sold my house and moved into a senior community. I want to know, should I put my money in a CD for three to six months at a time? Keep it in my savings? I'm not sure what to do with so, it. So, Faith, what happened to the $48,000 difference between the proceeds well, and, the, and the money in the credit union? I was heavy in debt. I paid off about $27,000 in debt. I gave my daughter some money. I bought new furniture, everything new. Out of that 148000 I have $18,740 left. That's in a separate savings account. And other how, than that how, are you, how are you paying for your monthly expenditures at your new place? I am on Social Security and a small pension, which is about $2,777 a month. It's just about 2777 Yeah, that that's what it is. Um, and what uh, does it cost you to live in this uh, senior community? Well, my rent is $1,254. I don't pay electricity. The only thing I pay is cable and my phone. So I have car insurance, which is $140. I have... Um, uh, my cable, which is going up. I pay $200 a month for my cable. Um, Do you have the internet? Yes. All right. Do you have an Apple phone? Get, you should get Apple the, TV. got all the package. You, yeah, you, I have an Apple phone. Yeah, look at Apple and TV. Then, and, She's got the Hulu. The look at Apple TV as an alternative <laughs> to cable, but that's just a, okay. that's an aside. Um, I, I, you should leave it in the bank. Yeah, I agree with Pat. You don't buy a CD. Don't tie it up. I, what what I'm worried about you, Faith, is um, is it, right now. It sounds like you're about break even. You've got the same amount of money coming in as the same amount that's going out. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. 
I, I'm afraid I, what I don't want to see you doing is is using this money. Uh, I don't want to see you getting into debt because you said when you moved out of your old house, you had $27,000 in consumer debt. Um, right. And so I don't want you to buy an annuity at the bank. You you might run into the guy at the bank and they're like, go talk to the guy in the corner, the lady in the corner. They're very nice. They're going to mm-hmm. tell you about this great annuity. Don't buy any of that garbage. You don't okay. need that. Um I would, I'd either go to an online bank uh, if you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable, it's not going to make that big of a difference. Just keep it in a regular savings account. It's, you're looking at it and you say, well, it's not doing anything. Well, listen, it is doing something. It's not losing value. It's not gaining value. No one stole it. It's completely liquid. It's FDIC insured. This is not a time in your life that you're going to start speculating. This is a time in your life where you actually, your biggest concern should be that you're not digging into it on a monthly basis. Well, my question is, I was thinking about putting it as CD so I can't get to it. Oh, there you go. Look at you. That, listen, that is self-aware. I like that. Yeah. That faith is very, very self-aware. Put it in a CD. Okay. Put yep. it in a 12-month CD. Don't go anywhere besides... Don't don't take it out of an FDIC-insured account somewhere. Don't let one of your friends... Don't lend anyone money. Don't lend anyone money. Don't lend any... Don't give any more to you your daughter. You don't have enough to lend. Don't give any okay. more to your daughter. Okay. What I was going to do is just go ahead and through my credit union That's for, and put perfect. it in a... I was thinking three to six nah, months. Nah, just so by 12. 12 months? Yeah, because you're doing it to try to keep it away from you. Yes. So then what's put in in three months, maybe you, you've got great stamina and you want something that you could wait three months. It's much harder to wait 12 months. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my All other right. question is, should I take a $1,000 and buy gold? No, no, no we just no, told you no, not to do no, anything. Don't do, don't do anything. Don't take buy the $100,000. Put it no, in tw- I still have eighteen thousand. I know what you. I know. I know. I know don't that. Don't buy gold. Why I don't would you want to buy gold? We don't want you to buy anything. I want okay. you to enjoy life. Gold can go down as much as it can go. If up. you're going to do anything, spend your time and energy figuring out how to cut your cable bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they yeah. Think it feels sneaky, aren't it? All yeah. of a sudden, you're looking like. How but how by the way, you can call and tell them that you're going to quit, and they will lower. They'll actually they. They'll, they'll transfer she you to what they call. She just moved into place, so I don't know what she's. She might have transferred her cable from her old. So, right. But that's what you want to worry. Put it in a twelve-month CD. Don't touch it. Don't buy gold. Don't buy any investments. Don't lend the money. Pretend it's not there. Try to get your expenses lower so that you have a little bit of surplus money at the end of every month. Yeah. All right, Faith. Glad you called, Faith. We wish you well. And it's interesting if, if, if there's somebody listening that are saying to themselves, "Here's what they're saying." Well, they didn't talk about inflation. Inflation could be a problem for her. And because she's 71, she probably has many years. She should probably have a portion of her portfolio in stocks Mm -hmm. so she could have some growth. This would be a textbook kind of an answer. Yep. And I read a review of our radio show recently that said that we gave bad advice because of almost exactly that. Okay. These guys didn't know what they were talking about because this Until you advise people. This 71-year-old lady that... Here's my experience. Somebody in life who's further down the road in life, no longer working, now has more um, moderate assets, fixed income, who has no experience investing in uh, assets that fluctuate in value greatly. Yes. I've yet to see any of those people do well with investing in, in, in stocks, stock funds, etc. I see people inherit money. I see people who've won the lottery, people who've gotten settlements of a variety from a variety of different things. And I got to tell you, and you're the same thing. 95% of the time, it doesn't work out well for them. Because of they market sell, They volume. freak out and they sell at the wrong time. And then it's just the worst so thing for them. if you're listening to this radio show, remember, we're giving people advice about their money, their particular situation, not my situation and not you listening to this situation. We're giving, we gave Faith our opinion on her situation. Yeah. From what we know. Thus From far. what we know. And by the way, we always tell people to go get seek their own. This is that was that wasn't hard. Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's continue with calls. Eight three three ninety nine worth is the number. Numerically, it's eight three three triple nine 
888-627-6784. Let's talk to Austin. Austin, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking the call. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm uh, just looking for a little clarification on two issues regarding the mega backdoor Roth strategy. My wife, who is 61, is in the process of exercising the mega backdoor Roth uh, via her 401k, her Fidelity 401k at work. Her plan, with plans to later roll those contributions, the basis into her Roth IRA at Vanguard. We have researched her plan and are pretty confident that the 401 supports the strategy. Her company also has a 401k matching contribution and also makes a pension contribution for each pay period. We are under the impression that the sum of the four contributions, her 401k pre-tax, the company match, the after-tax contribution, and the pension cannot exceed 63500 per year, 63500 and not the 57000 because she's over age 50. Does that sound correct to well, you? Well, did you include... Uh, you those? include all the, all the contributions. Yeah, but you yes. didn't include the defined benefit contribution, or you did? Yes, I did. Okay, well, uh, that's the... Sounds right. I mean, I don't remember that number no, off the no, top No, 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 but it was the, de- it, the defined benefit. So is there a monthly pension that she will receive in retirement? Yes. I don't believe... I may be wrong, Scott, but I don't believe they include the defined benefit contribution into the, uh, the cap. So if that was the case, then she could increase her after-tax contribution if we were to pull that amount out, if I look into that? That's right. Yeah, here's what's going on for the rest, right? So, uh, uh, but wait, her- Scott, wait, 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 one question before I go. How did you know what their defined benefit contribution is? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's in her paycheck. It's in her pay stub. Uh, well, are you talking maybe- about her defined what, – what, what are, you, what are, are we just discussing the same thing here? Uh, the company pension I'm referring to. Did she work for a state or municipality? No, private corporation. And it says, here's how, is she going to get a monthly pension when she retires? Uh, yes. And this, it says on her paycheck, this is how much they're contributing to her for her account. Each pay period, yes. Is it a cash balance account where they froze the pension years ago? Uh, well, it's still, she's still employed with them. It's still I, active. I understand, no, I understand, but, but it's the pension at one point in time. Uh, I don't know how else Does she, she work own- for a utility or a large oil company? No. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a... Is it bigger <laughs> than a bread box? <laughs> yes, it's bigger than Is it a hairy animal? <laughs> <laughs> so, so what we're trying to determine here is why that shows up on the That's statement. That's weird. Because... Unless it's a... I think it's a cash balance pension plan. In which case... We don't know the answer. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> okay, I'll look into that. I really no, no, well, we don't. And, 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 and the reason it's, just we, a, it's, and it's, it's such a small. It, because, someone asked me the other day, "How often do you get questions?" I said, "Well, it's something esoteric that you. It's one in a hundred. You see, you you, for, you so, but you a, forget a, uh, but a cash balance plan would still be considered a defined benefit plan. It's still a defined benefit, so it should probably it would probably not. It's not the it's not the kind of question you're going to be able to. I don't know <laughs> if you're going to be actually going to this- get to an answer, um, because if it is still considered a defined benefit plan, then, then I don't come- believe that the defined benefit plans would be included. Those in that are 60, those are contra- those are defined contribution limits. That's right. And it's by the way, it's a solo. It's the solo K limit. It's the limit of of all the monies you can contribute into a four hundred one K, which includes the employer's match any additional contributions to employers, and some plans uh, permit an after-tax contribution above the annual limits. That's what Austin is it's uh, asking about the mega backdoor. Yeah, which, which I've never heard, never heard, it, I've that never that heard way, it called the mega backdoor. Figured out what you're going I've heard after. it called the gargantuan or the <laughs> fabulous backdoor, but never the mega. Um, I like what you're doing. I like the concept. My guess is that the defined, uh, that this cash balance plan Look to see. I think it's a cash balance plan. Yeah, look to see if it was a defined benefit plan that's been converted to a defined to a cash balance plan, and if that's what's showing up on the paycheck, which looks kind of like a four hundred one k. There's a does she have a balance in that account? Yes, that's what yes, it does look very. In fact, it, it's the same percentage from her paycheck that the matching is. So her she used to have it. It used to be that she works for the company for X amount of years. She gets the X dollars. They froze the plan, replaced it with what's called a cash balance plan. She can, could still convert that into a monthly paycheck, but it's a it is a strange hybrid 
that companies uh, adopted be- to save them money on their pension and yeah. it shifts well, some risk away from themselves. And, and they knew what the outcome I, was. I, if I were so a what man, industry is it in, Austin? Just tell us the industry. You don't have to tell us the name of the company. Uh, um, retail. Oh. oh, it's an old line company, though. Yeah, yeah. It's like either a Mervyn's or a Sears. Mervyn's, are they still in business? Sears. Are they still in business? <laughs> I don't Sears think. is okay, still Okay, well, I'll look into that, and I really appreciate it. I, right. I, if I may just ask a second question. Yeah. She'll, she'll have about 15000 of the after-tax contributions uh-huh. into the 401k. Yep. Would you recommend uh, that she go ahead and she, – she has also about 150000 in her pre-tax portion, and I understand the pro rata rules. Would you recommend that she go ahead and make that uh, uh, in-service rollover to Vanguard in January or wait a while and build up a little bit more? Or what are your thoughts on that? I don't that? think it matters. And, uh, and, and no, I don't think you would, have to do the whole thing either. I would just, I would just focus on taking the 15000 uh, yeah. after tax out. You don't period. have to worry about the pre-tax. Okay. You That's just, what I would just do. Yeah, and you just, got once a year. Take yeah. it out before the so – you want all the growth to occur in the Roth IRA, not in the plan. Yeah. So okay. the, the the problem with the after tax and the plan is all the growth on there is tax deferred dollars. In the right. Roth, as you understand, all the growth is is going to be tax free dollars. But you don't have to worry about the pre tax dollars in the plan. Just roll over the after tax dollars. Sounds great. Okay, guys, I really appreciate. All right, you obviously right, know you. what you're doing. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah, and by the way, it sounds like a cash balance plan, but it's I a cash balance plan. But we believe it's a cash balance plan. And I have no, I don't, and I've yet to have this situation present itself to me personally. No, it's so. interesting, but... You'll find the answer. Yeah. And I, my guess, my, if I were a betting man, it would be that the money going into the after-tax plan, plan, although it looks like a, 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 like a 401k type match contribution is going to be excluded from the limits of uh, the contribution. 63000 Yeah. So... Now that, all if right. that's not entertaining <laughs> if radio... If that isn't radio that you got to just call the kids, wake the neighbors, get them all up... <clears throat> That is some fascinating radio You're right there. You're going to call the kids and wake the neighbors. You're going to wake the neighbors and call the kids. You're going to wake the kids and call the neighbors. <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> wake the kids. You've said that ever since I've known you. Wake the kids, call the neighbors. Did your mom say that or something? No, you it was a David home? Letterman. Oh, it was. Back okay. in the day, he used to always say, call the neighbors, wake the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Late night television. That's this funny. is such a is fabulous funny. show. He never had kids. Oh, he had kids when he, he was had like one 90. Kid. Yeah, yeah, when he was 90. Not 90. He's got that big beard now. He yes. just came out with a new series. Have you watched him uh, where he interviews? So like, he interviewed Barack Obama. Uh, I think he interviewed uh, no, like Bruce you Springsteen. you find him on, uh, on Netflix. the dark web? On uh, Netflix. He just came out with a new series. My daughter was telling me about it. He interviewed. Oh, really? I'm um, going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I like Letterman. Yeah, she told me the four I can't people. find anything to watch. There's so many different. I kid you not. I get very frustrated trying to watch she television. She told me there was four that she interviewed. I enjoyed the last series. And then she said one was like. A rap or something. I'm not going to watch that. All right, let's 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 go to the calls here. Let's uh, <laughs> what we're talking about? What our television preferences are? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. All right, yeah. There's bats like what? Uh, what is that? Uh, let's uh, let's talk with James. James, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Uh, thank you. Uh, my my question is is uh, how do you determine when and where to pull your income from if you have different sources for retirement, like a IRA, Roth, 401k, 403d. It's going to be driven two two ways. One, your income needs. Two, uh, your the current both current tax structure and projected future tax structure. That, that that's I mean, and then we kind of work backwards. From there. So the first of all is what you start out with is, do I actually have a large enough asset base to retire? Retire. That's the first question. Um, And then, and how do you get there? Well, you start with your income needs and the income needs say, this is what I'm living on today. So if you make $100,000 and you're putting 15,000 in your 401k and you're putting 7.65% into social security, uh, and uh, FICA taxes, then you know that you're actually living at about 77% of your income. Let's just say that you're putting money in the mortgage, but the mortgage will be paid off in retirement. You're going to get down to what you need to live on. Then you work backwards to see if your asset base is large enough to support that after-tax need of income. And then the last step you say is, where is that money coming from? Right? 
It's, okay. So my are recommendation you, are you to you... retired or still working, or what's your situation? Still, still working. I have three more years. My wife has five. Okay. Uh, she'll be getting a pension, and then um, she... I think we could do fine on that, and we're just wondering if we should start pulling money out of the uh, IRA and rolling it into the Roth. Oh, may- maybe, but probably not. So is your home paid for? Yes. Okay, and what what how much money do you have in IRAs or four hundred one ks? What they call qualified dollars? Uh, nine hundred thousand. Okay, and how much money do you have outside of uh, IRAs? In the Roths, we have a hundred or two hundred forty four thousand. A good job. And any and money in a brokerage account? Uh, yeah, just twenty eight thousand cash and stocks, and then she has a uh, seventy four thousand and a four hundred three b. And how much will her pension be? About fifty five hundred a month. And how old are you? Fifty seven. And will you both be eligible for Social Security? She will not. I will. And do you have any pension? No. How much is your income today? Gross income. Combined? Yeah. About one sixty. And how long has has how long has it been since the kids have been fully self supportive? Uh, well, our daughter is our son. Uh, he lives with us. He uh, has some learning differences, so he may be with us. Got it. Okay, so y- this is going to be this is going to be, uh, and I assume you're both making the maximum contributions in towards your four hundred three b and um, your four hundred one ks. I am, and she's not. We don't do the four hundred three any longer. Back a long time ago, we decided not to do that anymore and just go into the Roths. But I'm doing the max on the 401k. I'm doing 50% right now. I don't know if that was the best idea. Well, it's where we are today. I understand, but they've got three years to go to retirement, so I don't know if I would continue that. Okay. I, I, I So I, I from what we – look, this is going to be tight. So you're asking – how much, where should I take the income yeah, it from? Might, it, might, it, it might be fine. I mean, I, He's got three years. Three years. She's got another five years. Oh, got it. He's going to have Social Security as well. Her pension's going to be pretty... 5500 There'll a be month. a couple years of bridge. Correct. Uh, between now, before she retires. I would... So I want to... Here's what... Uh, you might want a little more... The years between, if if you're going to retire at 62, she's still working, or 60. How old are you today, James? I'm sorry. 57. 57. Yeah, so you're going to retire at 60. Uh, You'll need some bridge for a couple years before her pension starts and before Social Security starts. And the the thing I'd be looking at, where are those additional dollars going to come from? And I would actually, I don't know. I think I would probably max out the 403B before I funded the Roth. I would too at the tax level you're at. At right the tax now. level you're at, and and you and don't are you, have. Are to. you in California? Yes. Yeah, I would. Yeah, too. yeah, I would yep. use the. I would use that before I use the Roth. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about your retirement, and you can go to our website, allworthfinancial.com, and watch the seven personal decision points of retirement okay. transition. It's called the seven personal decision points. And it talks about exactly this, the retirement transition. You can, you could, we give examples and you could actually kind of do the math on your own, or you could call and talk to one of our advisors and they'll tell you how much we charge to do a financial plan. And you can call and they'll give you 15 minutes for free. Uh, and they'll, you'll do a zoom meeting or phone call, whatever. Um, but the, I'm not, well, I guess I am promoting that, but I'd like you to watch the seven personal decision points. Um, and then we have a chat bot, which is the personalized <laughs> learning platform in, in on our website where you, you can actually I mean, ask. Here's the thing. You go to if, our if, website, the, there's tons if, of resources. I, Pat, if you're, if, you're, if you're having dinner with James, he's, how old are you? 57. Okay, you guys are the same age. If you're sitting having dinner with them, you'd say, James, come on. Get a financial plan. You and your wife need to do it, go through the process That's together right. with a financial advisor and get a financial plan. It's, so either through us or through somebody else, if you're you're right in that perfect window. But you're not with it's the not, right kind of planning. But it's not clear cut, Scott. It's not like, oh, this is gonna be a breeze. I understand. He didn't that. say his for his IRA was one point five million dollars. He said it was nine hundred. I understand. 
And you've got a child with some uh, some special needs. So that you might need require some you need a special you, planning. You need a living trust with a, a special needs provision in it as well. Which we I, have that. Oh, I, which I, I, I'm assuming Good. you're there. But at a, at a minimum, uh, go. You guys and watch. Look, yeah, go meet with the. I can't, you'll be glad you met a quality financial advisor. You'll, I think, <laughs> but you've got a lot going for you. Your home's paid yeah, yeah, for. Yeah. You've got a lot of money. I think you saved. can make it happen. You yeah. just need to look at what the what some of the trade offs are here and there. Yeah. Okay. All righty. All right. Appreciate Thank the call. Guys. All right. <laughs> we did not answer his question. He wanted to know exactly how to take the money out of the accounts. We don't know. We don't. Well, we don't know based on well, this information. Based upon what I've heard so far, is I want to make sure there's enough cash for a bridge. That's before his social security starts and before his, his, uh, his, his wife retires. Yeah, but he'll be 60. So maybe he start, starts taking it out of his IRA. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he takes it out of his IRA and some out of the Roth IRA as well. Or that maybe would be my guess. Or maybe we try to save more in a brokerage account on the outside between now and, and retirement. Yes. To have some, so all of those opportunities. And, and look, when, when it come, when we're retired, it does make a tremendous difference how we source our retirement income. In a perfect world, we get to retirement and we have multiple sources to draw upon. We have money in our 401k and IRAs, our, our tax-deferred money, that's traditional tax-deferred money. We have money in Roth IRAs that are going to be designed for tax-free. We have money that's set up in brokerage accounts or in, in maybe it's some, just some mutual funds or ETFs that we've owned for many years or particular stocks we've had, some outside investments that have a different, they have a t capital gain tax trigger on them or qualified dividend uh, treatment to them, so they're different. We might want some in, in some municipal bonds. We might want some in, in some real estate. In a perfect world, we get to retirement and we've got many different buckets to choose from. And then as tax law changes... Which you, it does. You change your distribution strategies. And every year you take a look at it and you look at what's the current tax situation. What's it going to look like, the, you know, as best we can guess, the next year, the next two years, the next five years. What are the probabilities down the road? And then we make our best assumptions and make, make decisions. And it can be very fluid. You might know exactly what your retirement income needs are. You need 80 grand a year, whatever the number is. But where those dollars come from could change on an annual basis, depending upon tax land. And, and that's what a good financial advisor will do is help you figure that out on an annual basis. So anyway, we're out of time. It's, as always, it's been great being here with you. If uh, you don't listen to us via podcast, we encourage you to. It's a great way to listen to it. You can listen to it whenever. Just go to wherever you get your podcast. Or if you don't listen to it now, go to our website, allworthfinancial.com. It'll walk you through it. This has been Scott Hansen and Pat McLean of Allworth Financial. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.